Good evening, friends. Welcome back to the Front Porch. My name is Dennis Rogers, and I'm joined, as always, by Michael Daniels. How's it going, Mike? How is your Monday? Ugh, it's exhausting, Dennis. I'm exhausted. <laughs> Tired of it. I'm just beginning to sell the house, and I'm I'm already exhausted from it. It's terrible. It's you know, there's th- there's things you do in life that that you kind of like just want to fast forward through. Like I just I want to do this thing, and it's worthwhile, but man, I don't want to go through it. <laughs> Did you ever see that movie, Click? Sounds familiar. With tell, me, tell me the synopsis. Adam Sandler. Oh, with the, Adam, yes, the remote control. He's got the remote control. It's Now, I don't remember the title of this story, um, but I read this story. I don't know if it's a Aesop's Fable, but it's something like that. It's one of those short stories with a moral at the end. Right. Um, and in the original fable, uh, it's a kid in the woods. I don't know if he's visited by a djinn or something like that. But uh, he gets this ball, metal ball, with a string coming out of it. And when he pulls string out of the ball, his life fast forwards. No, oh, okay. It's not called fast forward. They had some word for it, it. in the olden days. Yeah. Just like some people still say rewind oh even yeah though sure I we don't we don't do stuff with tape that needs to be rewound <laughs> onto a spool right. anymore uh i usually try to say scrubbing which is the term it's like yeah it's like in uh web dev when you call something a hamburger nav yeah, yeah. i don't know if you so, yeah it's for the little opening menu thing yeah it's a it's the mobile if you don't know what i'm talking about it's if you're on, if you've ever been on a website and there's a there's an icon in the top or the top right or left corner that is three lines. Mm-hmm. It's like an equal symbol with three lines. Uh, people call that the hamburger nav. I assume that it's like the patty and two buns, yeah, or something. Um, what was I saying? Where's, oh, so, and so you scr- the, kid, the guy, the kid scrubs forward is what you're saying, right? Yeah, he he like tugs a little bit on the string, and it's you know he's in school, right? So it's if he if he pulls on the string a little bit, then it's uh, the end of the day. And if he pulls on the string a little more, then it's the weekend. And if he pulls on it a lot, now it's summer break. Yeah. And it's the exact, you know, the Adam Sandler movie is a is a direct um, uh, adaptation of that story where, you know, eventually he finds himself at the end of his life and then regrets, you know, mm-hmm. missing everything. Right. Um, and goes back to the beginning and the whole thing was a dream. So well, that's, that's what that, I, I'm kind of aware of that. Cause you know, we, I can get into something where I'm just like, I don't want to say it consumes me, but like, that's my focus, right? Like I, it, to, mm. to get, it's one of those, what I tend to do on something that's difficult like that, like say this or whatever is that, um, I don't like to think about it beforehand until it's time to think about it. Some people worry, you know, about going into a project or whatever. And then when the project starts, then they are always worrying. I don't even try to think about a project or something that's big that I'm doing until I'm doing it. And then when I do it, okay. I usually give it my full attention, right? That's, that's what's sure. on my mind. That's what I'm doing. Um, but the, the worst, the thing about this is like with, well, I guess we're, I didn't really say I'm talking, I'm, sell, I'm selling my house and then finishing up a build on another is that um, I, it's summertime. This is my favorite time of year. This is the time when I do things and go whatever. I, you know, mm-hmm. I, I got to remember to, you know, get out. St- you know, don't don't spend the entire summer just doing this one thing. And you know, um, 
and then let it go because then I'll be slipped into fall and I'll be like, oh, what happened? And I missed it. And it's so sad and, and everything because I'm such a huge summer uh, person and I don't want to miss that. So yeah. I did spend the last two weekends, you know, scrubbing house, cleaning things, boxing stuff, you know, things like um, you have a coat closet and I definitely don't need winter coats in this house anymore. Right. And sure. um, getting rid of the winter coats into a box, it makes the closet look bigger. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But and it's not something you live. So the house is kind of in a shape now after just this arduous amount of work where it looks really nice, but it's not practical. People don't live here. Right. You need coats. You, need, right. you look in my closet and there's like five or six shirts and, you know, there's, it's just not enough to really or, or if, if even that just enough to live for, you know, week to week for a month. Um, yeah. You, know, you take away all the pots and pans, but just like a very few and all the extra stuff. Like, oh, I'm not going to make, I'm not going to use a whisk or a blender for the next month. Stuff like that, right? Yeah. It's like what we call staging or yeah. Yeah. what we maybe used to call magazine or showroom houses. Yeah. Uh, showrooms exist. Magazines don't really. <laughs> I'm sure they do. We yeah. get letters. But like blogs, if you go on like a kitchen blog, you see all these kitchens. They're always spotless and immaculate. Like there's no dust or grease anywhere. And the you know, they're all pots and pans that all match perfectly and they're all hung up exactly so and you're like, nobody uses that kitchen. Or if they do, they cleaned it up perfectly for this photo shoot. Right. And then, you know, made a sandwich and now it's a mess again. Right. I mean, even just, it's been what I would say, because Shelly was gone for the weekend and she came back, her and Lola come back. And even and so I had, you know, done the scrubby, scrubby bub through the whole house. And, you know, I, I make sure that every little thing I do, I'm, I'm washing down as I go and almost like scrubbing behind me, sweeping behind me, my footprints type stuff. Mm. Not that I, I can't do that for a month. But anyway, you know, that's what I've been doing today when they're here now. It's kind of like everything I'm doing is, you know, washing this down again and washing it. Every time I wash my hands after using the restroom, I not just wash my hands, I clean the, the faucet and wash around it and dry it. Mm-hmm, and, mm-hmm. you know, it, it's it's dumb. But anyway, it's that's where I'm at, paying the pain in the butt for this. And, you know, it, it'll, <laughs> it'll be fine. And, you know, the, the, I, the, the point is to try to make it as best as I can so that, what do they say? You, you don't worry about the things that you can't control. I can't control people buying the house or not. But I can make it right. as best that I can so that that is, you know, what's out of my hands is, is or sorry, what's in my hands is in my hands. Um, yeah. Anyway, I got uh, one thing that I did get yesterday, which I just I just opened up to look at. I got my new um, Marvel Dice Throne game. Hmm. So you played Dice Throne before. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You played it a couple of times, I think. Right. That's the... It's a kind of dueling game. Yeah, it's the one we played first with like a whole bunch of people, and it wasn't as great. But you play it oh, one on one. Right, 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 right. Yeah, it's it's dueling, but it's with uh, custom D sixes. Yes, yes, correct. And and you're you're still doing the Yahtzee thing where you're trying to get these combos, but it's at least in the the standard non Marvel version that I played, you're you're trying to um, do like abilities and spells, which are like if you mm-hmm. get three swords and two shields, then you do six damage or whatever. Right. And you can modify those and change those and change your dice. And, you know, there's a lot to make it not as random for Yahtzee, but, you know, right. there, there's still the, there's that rolling component. But anyway, yeah, it's a, uh, Dice Throne's a really fun game anyway. It's in, like your experiences, you know, you can play it up to like eight players, but it's just 
not necessarily built for that. Um, it's yeah. primarily a one V one type thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and that yeah, works. Dual. That's what I mean. Dual. Yeah. Dual. Yeah. And it's just, and that's, it's beautiful. It's, it's a, it's a really, really great game. Um, plays in a really, uh, good amount of time, like less than, I think it was 20, 25 minutes. Something we play, play a game in at most. Um, and we city and I ran tournaments in it last year, et cetera, et cetera. Anyway, they kickstarted, uh, the, a Marvel version. Um, and I had kickstarted it way back when, like six months or so ago, if not more. Um, so it was nice to open that big, huge box. It's got the huge box with every single one in it. And it's got all the Marvel. I didn't, I haven't really done anything besides open it up, look at the Scarlet Witch thing, look at the Scarlet Witch dice and then close it back up. Um, but that's you know, it's nice. I'm excited. Our, our Bay Trotsky got it too. So we'll, we'll be playing. Not like we need two copies, but hmm. if we wanted to play, say like the Hulk versus the Hulk, then we would, but, right. but anyway, it's, it's, it's a real fun. I'm excited about it, getting it in. And I don't, I don't buy a, I don't buy a whole lot of Kickstarters. Um, right. I think I've had three at most right now. This might be my third or fourth. I used, I used to do a lot of them. We've talked about this before. Mm-hmm. I don't really anymore, but it's kind of like, <laughs> there's an old example now that none of our young listeners will get, but I used to say this about Netflix. Mm-hmm. Um, because they had the queue, right? And the queue was just a priority. You're like, this is the thing that I want the most, but they would still always send you a disc. I'm talking about the old days when yeah. Netflix sent discs. Right. Um, and it was like, I, I compared it to the Mitch Hedberg joke about a baked potato. Like, you throw a baked potato in the oven, even if you're not hungry, because it takes so long. <laughs> so long. By the time... By the time it's done, you might be hungry. Who knows? Who knows? Um, <laughs> you might want the game. Who knows? <laughs> yeah, that's that's how Kickstarter is. It's like um, it's like buying yourself a present. <laughs> oh yeah, in you, the past. I think you had said that, right? Like, th- thanks, You're past like, Dennis. This is a nice present, right? So, yeah. Someday, yeah, this, a, a box will show up on my door, and I'm like, "What is this? Oh, it's that game. Awesome." <laughs> yeah, the, it's a. Uh, it is definitely cool for that. I, I will say that the, of the ones that I've bought, I, I only buy from sure things. Like it's never a, I'm never going to buy from something that like, oh, it may make it, it's what's it called? Kickstarter goal. It's, it's usually from companies that I know have made games before and they're just kickstarting this next one like this one is. Right. Um, and you know, it's going to sell. It's going to do well. It's, it's not whether it hits its goal. It's whether it hits its 700 stretch goals. Whether it gets a bunch of... Actually, I remember the last thing I kickstarted. Uh, it was Brandon Sanderson's mm, yeah. four new novels yeah. thing. Uh, that makes and sense. I, That's pretty good. I pledged the tier that gives you all digital stuff. Yeah. Right? It's ebooks, makes ebooks sense. and audiobooks of those new novels. And I looked at the prices and I was like, this is about what I would pay with my Audible credits yeah. To buy these on Audible, which I'm gonna do anyway. That's yep. like twenty bucks instead of fifteen or something. And right. I'm like, yeah, this is one of my favorite authors. Mm-hmm. I have not. I've read his some of his stuff that I like better than others, but I've never read anything he's written that I disliked. All right. And I'm like, yeah, I can toss him an extra five dollars a book. <laughs> yeah, and <laughs> and not, and uh, that's a perfect example of what I was just talking about is that. Like he's already done that. I mean, it's already done. It's not like you're, you know, if you do this, I'll write this thing, right? Like you're going to get yeah, it, it, right? Like you're paying like that money into so, that thing isn't a risk for that. No, no. They're going to, you know, have somebody narrate the books, but the books are already written. Right? Yeah. So they'll, 
you know, they'll have to be edited and all that stuff. But yeah. And it's also like, I think last time I checked, it like broke every record. Yeah. Kickstarter. Yeah, I think so too. Millions and millions. Yeah. The, 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 uh, so, so that's, that's something I would, I would not ever do. I don't think is, is like a, uh, independent developer who has like just himself and he's got this game idea and maybe he's made some artwork with some friends and he wants to, yeah, I, the, I probably would not do that. The only ones of those I've ever done are people we know. Yeah. Oh yeah. Right. Yeah. For sure. People from town or whatever. Yeah. I mean, if that that's a different story. Like, you know, GoFundMes or Kickstarters like that. But anyway, yeah, yeah this one, this one was, I do have another one. I know that I'm kind of low key keeping tabs on. It's the uh, tiny Epic Vikings. Um, tiny epic the games are my alley but i don't know if they're up anybody else's alley right. you know i was i was trying to work out an mcu joke for that but you said loki and oh. vikings loki. so that still right. works right um man speaking of vikings thor love and thunders this weekend so um hmm. i'm really you know i'm really mixed on that it's it's so Interesting, and I know we've kind of talked about this a little bit in the past, or tangentially, um, about how I've always been like Thor's been my superhero guy since I was young, and um, right. the one that I always like the most. And I've always said that the the, the cart the cart or comic book one is nothing like the movie one, but I like them. The, the weird thing I feeling I have is like, for example, Ragnarok was great. Ragnarok was a wonderful Marvel movie, right? It was super mm-hmm, fun, mm-hmm. Like, just great. Um, but it was yeah. nothing like if I pick up a Thor magazine, nothing at all, not even anywhere close. Right. Um, so when, if anyone likes these Thor movies and then goes to pick up a comic book, they're like, what is this? It's not even close. Um, so, and I read, well, those. that's why they, to the, to the chagrin of diehard comic fans who are kind of lukewarm on the MCU, a lot of the comic lines end up shifting to follow the film chronology for that reason. So that newcomers to the franchise go to the comic shop and see the same Thor yeah. that they saw Chris Hemsworth do on screen. Yes. And yes, it's yeah, that's, that's, it's that's good the, for the studios, for the publishers. It's not great for having a wide diversity of stories. Yes. Yeah. What, what, what do you, what do they, things. what do they call that gym? They call it synergy, right? <laughs> <laughs> um yeah, yeah. yeah the star lord being it's one of the most blatant ones about that one but anyway um hmm, sure. so it, it, it the weird thing is that i, I don't i i want to watch this this movie um and i'm excited about it but i'm not i want to say i'm excited about it because it's a thor story right and it's got there's there's a lot even in ragnarok there's some really cool thor things right when he's when he's fighting mm-hmm. the hulk and uh doing some really neat you know, he's, he, what is it? Gets his lightning and fights a uh, Hela and things like that. There's really right. neat, very Thor things. Um, mm-hmm. but then when there's dialogue, it's not at all. Um, that's Taika Waititi's kind of thing that he does. And sure. it's great. Sure. Right. He's, he's absolutely, I absolutely love his movies. Uh, so I'm looking forward to this one, but I don't, but not in the same way that I'm looking forward to so a Thor story. You, do you know what I mean? Like they could, they could totally go with a yeah. totally different direction with this character. And cause, because he's not, he's not Thor. He's not the Thor that I know. And, and anyway, he's just a character with that name Thor in like, there's a million Thor stories in the world. Right? Sure. Sure. I mean, in, in, uh, 
yeah, it just is. Um, and all the char- same thing with all the characters in there um, aren't really the ones that are in the in the um, comic books either. Uh, mm-hmm. I mean, the the first Thor two Thor movies probably were, but those weren't really popular in the movie, so that makes sense or as popular. So you know, make, I don't blame blame that for that. Anyway, that's a long way to say that I'm looking forward to Thor: Love and Thunder, um, but not because it's Thor per se, just because I like uh, the Taika stuff. And I did, I have in the last about four or five, six months ago, started picking up the Thor comic books again. And they, and they wax and wane on how good they are. Um, sure. Because they're very, those comic books are very out there, I guess. They're very, you know, mystical and, um, you know, Norse mythology is kind of really over the hill. And they, and the books, right. the books, the comic books have always been that way. Um, and then sometimes those are great stories. Other times they're just so whacked that I just can't follow it anymore. And it makes yeah, no sense. Yeah, I know. I think we talked about this back when it happened, but I listened to the audiobook of um, uh, Neil Gaiman's um, Norse Mythology. I think it's just called Norse Mythology. Yeah. Um, yeah. Where he collected some of those stories. And of course, they're, they were centuries of oral tradition before, you know, a couple of. Christian, you know, invaders or whatever, like collected their their mythology and their yeah. folklore into into a couple of big poems. Yeah, I think one of them's prose, but like you know, big volume because they didn't have they weren't writing the stuff down. The Vikings, no, right? Um, and so it was it was weird for me for a while after that to see these characters, and I'm like, oh, I know these characters, and I know at least a version of the source material. And of course, you know, those comic books are not supposed to be... No, right. uh, ...are not supposed to be accurate to the Norse mythology. But I still am like, oh, this is interesting because in mythology, Sif is this and Loki Mm -hmm. is like this and he does this. And yeah, there's some of those really weird stories where they're like, you know, Loki wakes up one day and he's... He's, uh, you know, shaved, um, um, I just said her name, Frigg, not Frigg. Sif? Uh, Sif. He's shaved her head as a prank, and Thor gets so mad that he goes on a rampage or something, and then somehow that leads to the creation of Mjolnir, that he makes a deal with some dwarves to make him this weapon. Right. And, and I'm like, what is going on in this weird... <laughs> <laughs> story but you know that, that that's how that's how mythology is sometimes right there there is and, and it's you know some it's mainly probably because there's so many different kinds of sources and directions and places these things come from the um and and i don't claim to be any kind of authority anyway on norse mythology for sure i i, sure. I do consume a lot of the media from it but that's not i would not say academically do i know much about it so right. um you know Please take anything that way that's just a complete noob media, you know, person sponge. But um, I will say that I do believe that a lot of the the mythology, even Greek mythology, is from multiple different sources. I mean, you have things like the Iliad, which is probably the yeah. really best kind of stuff and Homer's things that you can can, you know, make some ideas. But if you look at stuff, I was doing some research on like the characters from Hades and the different stuff. And I'm like. There are wildly different tellings of stories from so many different sources 
all over the place. Right. Um, right. That, and then you have um, what what is what is the what is the source material, right? What is it? And when you have yeah. uh, you know religions, let's say Christianity, there is the Bible. There's one definitive thing, right? I mean, right. granted. Historian bus are going to go back and talk about Council of Nicaea when they brought it all together. But there, right, but right. The, the idea still is that there's there is when we talk about Paul or Peter, there is there is one thing that says this is what Paul, Peter, John that what they are, what they did, and how it is, right? Yeah. When you talk about Thor, there's poems that are half intelligible. There are writings on stones somewhere that the story's incomplete. You know, there's just a million different things that aren't the thing uh so yes when you you get things like obviously marvel the marvel telling um and then the marvel cinematic universe now is, is which is a really interesting thing that you have like taika watiti go through and do stuff but um anyway really went long on that uh, i tell you what has been fun is you know I, I try not to watch any more of the trailers as you get closer um so i've not watched the last two or whatever they've come out um, but I do like watching some of the press junket stuff. I, I, I find it a little entertaining sometimes to watch these celebrities talk about their stuff, especially when they're tired. Like they've been doing these mm. press tours that they do and they get answered the same questions over and over and over again. Right. And then eventually they just get kind of giddy at the questions and start answering stupidly. I always love that. Uh, <laughs> so Taika Waititi has done a lot of that stuff and he'll get on there and talk about the same thing he's always been talking about. Um, but he starts getting funny with it and jokey and like, I love this. Um, so he's been really good. Um, people like to ask him these days about he's evidently he's writing a star Wars film or series. He's been okay. Yeah. Yeah. He's been yeah. Contracted for that. Um, mm-hmm. there, there's a nice clip somewhere on TikTok or online or something. Like that. I think it was Jimmy Fallon interviewing him and they were like, so what are you doing? He's like, it's, I don't know. Maybe yes. No, I don't know. He, like he just, at the end, he ends up saying, like, I have not actually written it yet, so I can't tell you anything what it's about because it's not even written anymore. Um, I don't even know what it's, you know, like, he doesn't even know characters or anything, which is just interesting that a company will be feel so confident in somebody. They'll just hire him, say, here you go, you're hired, write anything. <laughs> yeah, that's, mm-hmm. that's pretty cool. Um, so I'm looking forward to that that movie coming out, coming out pretty soon. And in the comic books, Odin has just died, which is it's issue 700 is pretty freaking big for a a comic book series and odin has officially died now he's part of mjolnir which is kind of cool um so that's been my been my thor stuff okay moving along forward as we went on and on about that hey i did want to say something i put take this off of our little list here um i had not read a lot of dc comic books in the last several years um okay right for many reasons, which I won't go into because we've already gone into them over and over and over again on this show. Um, But they, they ended up just dwindling down to there was nothing at all. That was interesting. Nothing that was coming out that was interesting. Anything I picked up on the, you know, I would occasionally pick out one or two things just because I was low on a month on, on my poll list. And then like, they still just weren't good. Um, And then I picked up uh, something called the dark Knights of steel. And it was, the cover got me as it always does because it had Harley Quinn on it, and Harley's always awesome. Mm. Uh, really mm. good artwork, and I was like, "Oh, cool!" And she was dressed as a jester. I was like, "Yeah, you know, that's cool. It's like you know, fantasy stuff." Classic. Uh, and then I went and flipped through it, and everyone was in like, it was all like fantasy type stuff. Um, 
Oh, like Ren- Renaissance yeah, kind of? Yeah, like, kind of like Renaissance-ish, that kind of stuff, knights and things like that. And I was like, oh, mm-hmm. that's what this is. So I picked one up, and it was pretty hefty-ish kind of purchase, like $7 for a whole bunch of a big thing. Uh, Compiling like two or three of them. And evidently, it's a short series that's going on now that DC's running, and it's wildly popular, according to uh, my local game store owner. He's like, oh, yeah, it's just one of those things that sometimes, you know, catches fire, and out of nowhere, this comes. Um, so it's a, it's, it's an, an alt verse or whatever ultimate universe type AU sure. DC thing set in that kind of time. And it starts off with Superman coming, um, from his planet Krypton that explode, but he came and he landed, he, instead of him going by himself, he escaped in a pod with Jor-El and his mom. So like their whole family landed. Okay. Um, and then they landed in like medieval England type stuff, but not real England, just fictional world in that time period um and then they kind of become revered as gods but they're really good like the jarell's kind of very boy scouty um and then i think in episode or in issue two or something they kind of skip ahead 20 years or something and he's like a king um but it, it does some really neat fun things like it takes batman is um Batman is a like a knight of the of the court of Superman's court, and then sure. uh, the uh, the people of the land. There was a prophecy made by um, John Constantine, so he's like the okay. Merl, he's right, like a right. Merlin character, mm-hmm. and he makes this prophecy of like this this powerful beings coming, and you know they're supposedly benevolent, but then they destroy the world and whatnot. So you've got another kingdom which is made by. Um, um, Black Lightning and his family. Of course, he's not Black Lightning. He's like King Philip or whatever it was. Um, and they are anti... They're very magic heavy. And they're anti... further and further from characters that I recognize. No, yeah, that's right. That's, that's something that's really neat is that it's taking these other characters that are sometimes side characters, completely rewriting. They're like not, not the same characters at all. They're not like writing Batman with... It's like he, he doesn't have... His mom and dad did die, but it's they're not the same thing. They're like die in a theater from the Joker and kind of stuff. It's just they're mm-hmm. completely different takes on these characters. Uh, and, and ultimately in this one, you find out that um, Jor-El had an affair with Martha Wayne and made, and that's their son. So he's like Superman's half-brother. And he's got okay. some Superman-ish powers, right? Which is kind of cool. You know, when I saw this on our topic list, I was going to make a joke about Batman versus Superman. Because <laughs> right. you've got Dark Knight and Steel, Man of Steel. Man of Steel. think of the yeah. Man of Steel, Iron Man uh, kind of thing. And I'm like, I'm sure it's not that. It's probably some medieval <laughs> thing with knights. Turns out I was right on both counts. On all counts, right. <laughs> And, and uh, I know some of those things I've said were spoilers in there, but it's just, it's really well drawn, really good artwork, really good story, good pacing. And it's a limited series thing. So it's only going to be like, I don't know, eight, eight episodes or something. And I'm sure it'll be sure. compiled into one thing, but man, it's, it's really fun. And it's one of those ones that I get done reading. Like that was cool. Uh, it, this one, you know, magazine I picked up one comic book, advanced the story, told a new thing. And sometimes they'll introduce a character that's a DC character. But maybe a C-list character or something comes in like, oh, I don't know who they are, but they're cool in this book. Right? Mm, sure. Um, uh, the the uh, Batman has his what's called his Robins, uh, which are like spies. 
and they're all the people in the comic books that played that were Robin at one point. And I don't know them all, um, but but they'll sometimes come and whisper in his ear like they're like spies and such, and like, oh, you're a you're one of his Robins and things like that. Oh, see, it's a nice little take on that kind of stuff. Um, Reminds so, me of. And I only have a handful of comic book references, so hmm. uh, uh, I don't know. But it reminds me of the Injustice stuff. Yeah, no, that was yes, all yeah, sort of multiversey. Um, yes, um, and it's yeah. kind of self-contained. It's its own thing, yeah. and as a sort of, I mean, the whole thing was a is a prop for a fighting game. Sure, right? Like you want to have some way that Superman can duel another Superman, or can duel Green Lantern or Sinestro or any of those. Well, I mean, Sinestro's a villain, but like, right. you know, Joker and Sinestro can duel or whatever. Right. Um, yeah. You, you, there's, there's in this one, there's, there's always little, just the way the story is written is really well done too. You're talking about these little characters that come to the side They They talk about the green man, right. And you kind of see him floating off screen, his feet floating or something. When he's talking to somebody, so you can see who it is. Um, and something happens and, you think, oh, it's the Green Lantern, right? Um, right. And he's kind of like a wizard-ish type person that's an evil guy. And then you sure. see that, spoiler alert for anybody watching this, that in, in one of the things you find out when you see the Green Man for the first time, he's insane, and he's the Joker and the Green Lantern mixed together. And you're okay. like, oh, that's just wild. Like, that whole concept of that, like... They wanted to put a Green Lantern in. They want to put the Joker in. How they do it, and they did it like this, and it's really well. And and the Green Man is a like peripheral reference to like Arthurian legends. Yes, too, right. right. And that's in yeah. in this where they they have like um, it fits that Arthur not Arthur is it Arthur? No, what's my thing? His name. It's the um, the Archer in in this. Okay, the arrow, Green Arrow, Green Arrow, Green Arrow. Sure. He. Um, while uh ollie his name's ollie uh he oliver quinn uh, yeah he's always had a robin hood look in the comic book right but now sure. it fits because he's like in the forest and he has a very robin hoodie part and like nice. you know but but different. anyway it's a really fantastic series it's still going on um it is one that when i read i'll read it again and really appreciate the artwork uh, Harley Quinn is the jest, a, a court jester, which is fantastic, mm-hmm. and you know totally fits with what she is. And she's for right. the for the L's, so like for Cal L and and all them. And okay, she's very manic pixie still, but because she's a jester, and she's very blunt and honest as jesters usually are depicted. Like that's that's just a really good spot for a Harley Quinn to fit in this world. Um. So all, all of them are just really well done that way. And it, like I said, it takes a bunch of uh, B or C list characters, puts them in there, and I don't know them all, but then like, that character's kind of cool. Then I go up and read about them somewhere else. I'm like, oh, maybe I'll pay attention to them later. Um, so yeah, Dark, Knight, Dark Knights of Steel is what it's called. And it's it's a, a really good DC series. And I, I really do hope that they continue on like with other ones, like they did with the Injustice stuff. So um, hmm. it's got a story to tell. And and they'll tell it, I'm sure, in this whole thing. But I, I would love right. to see other stories in this world. Um, like the Amazons are their own country and, and kingdom that both sides are vying for. And one other side knows. Like Superman's side is super uber powerful, but they have magic. 
that is their weakness. They've always had magic that are weakness and all the stuff. And this is a world where magic is a real thing. So mm-hmm. it kind of evens the playing field there, which is really cool. Um, so anyway, I've talked enough about that. Dark Knights of Steel. <laughs> if you're thinking about watching it, if you like Batman, Superman stuff and that Arthurian type stuff, then definitely pick that up and highly recommend it. Nice. Okay, we got a couple things to talk about here today. Let's say we start with our movie. Yeah. How's that sound? Sure. All right. This week we are talking about Tank Girl. Tank Girl. Uh, Speaking of Manic Pixies. Yeah. I don't know. I'm I'm like 80% sure that's the right term, and I hope we're not wrong about that, but... (laughs) Uh, this is a movie from 1995, starring Laurie Petty, Naomi Watts, Ice T, Malcolm McDowell, and a handful. Oh, Anne Cusack is in here, though you probably didn't spot her. Um, she's the, the one with the sub. Uh, yeah, she's like under underground. All right. Um. Uh. Well, I don't even, you know, I say this, I feel like I've been saying this a lot recently, but I don't know if we even need the bell for this because I can't even really say whether it would be a spoiler to describe anything about the plot of this movie. Yeah, I'm not, there, there is nothing original about the plot, right? There's, well, yeah, there's nothing original about it now. Yeah, um, sure. That's fair. That's was, definitely fair. It was. It was maybe. I mean, it's definitely unique, and there are things about the story. I think this movie. Well, it comes after Mad Max, and maybe after two, but maybe before. Um, Thunderdome. Yeah, that, that's know, that's something I, I I noticed when I was watching it, and it obviously when you watch this movie, you have to. Put yourself in the frame of mind of the time that it was out. Um, you have to right. pay, you know, realize that CGI wasn't really a thing or in its right. infancy, like all that kind of stuff, you know, what you're looking at. Um, but I did know that there was Mad Max and this is in a post-apocalyptic world. Um, right. And the production values are definitely a step down from the Mad Max stuff. Um, sure. But also so- this was a, comic book yeah this is a comic book and so i think i mentioned this last week there are some things where like this movie comes after the batman animated series so it's post um harley quinn harley quinn but the comic came before and the character i'm some of this i'm going to base on the conversation they had on film sack about this movie because i intended as i sometimes do to go look for like YouTube documentaries or something. And then uh, of course didn't. Um, but a couple of the guys on that podcast have read the comics or comic. I don't know. Um, and, and said that a lot of this stuff, especially Lori Petty's portrayal of this character are really just like the comic. Um, yeah. And so she's a, She's kind of a Harley Quinn character, right? Well, for uh, sure. I, that's a 
that's a thing that we can say now because Harley Quinn has become pretty mainstream between a handful of yeah. movies and her cartoon and what what's I mean, the, what's the phrase I've heard uh um tank girl walked so Harley Quinn could run type stuff <laughs> that's yeah. funny it's it's one of those um, things yeah yeah so and, so and that that she is her pretty well I mean Laura Petty right. and Margot Robbie like Margot Robbie was channeling Laura Petty for for this one right because yeah. she's yeah her lines and her the the writing for for Tank Girl this whole thing it, everything is a Harley Quinn line like right. makes no right. nonsense and it's just yeah craziness. one of the things one of the things they did on Film Sack was kind of dreamcasting like if you made this movie now and it wouldn't be you would have to do something so different to make it now because it, a lot of what makes it unique is a product of the time, right? Like it's got a predominantly female cast. It had a female director. Um, and, you know, that was pretty rare in the mid nineties. Yeah, no, for sure. Um, and yeah. And of course, you know, you have the, the practical effects and, um, which are still, I mean, well, I don't want to say 95 is not that long ago, because this is the same year or close to the same year as Titanic. Maybe Titanic is a year or two after this. Yeah. I forget now. Um, but, um, you know, some of it is not, some of it is not bad. The stuff like the kangaroo guys are weird. Um, but they have like their tails and their ears and stuff like it. It's all pretty plausible. It's got that like Star Wars style practical effects, um, that are, you know, it's clearly still guys in suits, but, um, you know, is better than definitely better than if they had used CGI at the time. And I don't think... I don't have this number in front of me, but it had a pretty um, had a pretty tight budget. Yeah. So I, something you should know in case this comes back up, which it will here in the next couple of years. Um, I had that similarity. I was doing a little bit of reading on uh, Harley Quinn and Margot Robbie and Laura Petty and all this kind of stuff. Um, the um, Margot Robbie's company, like her, she had a production company bought the right. rights to the movie for tank girl. Um, okay. And they were in negotiations to make it, uh, be- right before the, uh, the pandemic hit. So that's something mm. you may see that happen later on. Cause she's a real big fan of tank girl. Uh, and sure. And, and that, that makes sense that she studied that beforehand and, and read that stuff when she was in it. Um, so you'll see that come down the line. And when we, see a reimagining of tank girl with Margot Robbie, it will be like a no brainer. The problem is that everyone's going to say, Oh, she's just doing Harley Quinn is what they're going to say. Right. Which is weird because it's kind of almost the same character. They're very much almost the same character. Well, yeah, she'll have to, I mean, she's an established actor. I think she can put a new spin on it. Well, the, the the trick is going to be the, the story and the place. Right, like the the because it's post apocalyptic and right, um, yeah. So anyway, back to this to this one. Um, th- this is it's easy to say. Oh, it's not a good 
good film because it's just an okay film. Uh, but this is what we had in this time period yeah. for superhero yeah, comic book movies. This is what we had. Est- establishing that at the start, at the outset, this movie is not quote unquote good. Yeah. Right. It has a lot. And, and whether they talked about this on, on film sack again, um, it seems there seems to have been a lot of um, choices made in in editing in post production um, because it it feels like the scenes that we see are all well executed but like I'm not sure I'm often not I was often not sure what's going on <laughs> yeah. it all kind of it just was almost like a sequence of events and the events all um, you know told the chronology of a story but without without a lot of plot like without a lot of like who these characters are and what's going on in their relationships and their interactions and all of that it was just like one scene to the next boom 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 and then the movie's over yeah it, you know um, what it, you know what it feels like it feels like somebody was high and <laughs> and wrote the script i mean i don't mean that derogatorily but it's just like sure it's as I said, manic. It's you know they'll, they'll yeah. go on and they'll suddenly just cut back and forth between the comic book thing, which I think is a neat kind of little thing they do. Um, yeah, those those animated transitions, those right. were cool. Th- very, th- those are pretty cool. Very product of their time, but you know I don't know how. I mean, I'm sure somebody could come up with a way, but I don't know yeah, how else you would you would do that. It really. Yeah. Um, it's like you know, they don't have the CGI budget for any of that stuff that they could do. They wanted to show like the tank girl, the tank jumping off a cliff and doing a thing like just animate it. Right. Um, yeah. Yeah. Just animate it because, and it helps, um, it helps the, the, the how, how do I want to describe this? Um, without that, it would be much worse, right? You would just be bored and confused with this generic post-apocalyptic sequence of events. But instead, you get this frantic animated stuff in between in a, a little bit of a um, Monty Python-esque kind of, kind of style. And then you're back in the action, and you're like, uh, it reminds you um, that you're in a comic book movie. And so stuff is going to be crazy and weird, and that's part of the whole deal. Yeah, you know what, it, you know what this movie feels like? It feels like Tank Girl wrote it. Mm. Right. Sure. Like, sure. Yeah. Um. And and the 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 people who made the movie were fans of the comic book. Um. For sure. Y- you know. Hundred percent. B- before before you know Sam Raimi's Spider Man or X Men came out and uh, then later the Iron Man and the Marvel stuff. What we have today with with Marvel Renaissance. I don't know if that's yeah. We're still it. we're still five years away from the first X Men movie. So we've had like. The the Superman movies are are done mostly. Yeah. Um, there have been what two Batman? Uh, at least three no Batman's. At least three, not more than that, right? Because there was at least three. I don't, Batman and Robin is somewhere around here. So yeah. So Batman is about to take a long break between yeah. that horrible travesty and yeah. when Christopher Nolan picks it back up. Yeah. Um, so so you 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 have those back then that are. Yeah, it's not this. It's not this world we're living in now, where apart from you know uh, pandemic notwithstanding, you know we're gonna get two or three Marvel movies, maybe one or two uh, uh, Warner Brothers DC movies, plus 
who knows, there might be some other random uh, A24, everything everywhere, all at once kind of movie yeah. that's that's vaguely comic bookish to really like saturate this this niche and this genre. Like this is '95. Like yeah. we're gonna, you, you know, there's gonna be one a year, and it might be uh, Batman and Robin. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Well. Well. The the thing about pre Spider Man, uh, Sam Raimi Spider Man uh, comic yeah. book films where this is that they they were all very much trying to make them be a comic book, right? I mean, everything Batman has this goofy suit, and no one thinks twice about it. Or Superman and his you know big red, white, and blue kind of suit and things. They they sure, don't. Sure. They're just because because they are. They're just it's just you know the comic books themselves didn't always try to explain things too much or try to make it realistic and um so the the the, the when they were like hey I got an idea to do a Superman movie they made it like the comic book Superman right sure now now you have you know a long period of time we'll go back to Sam Raimi's Raimi Spider Man where he's not Spider Man right and it and it goes through and it's following that kind of who he is. And then you have the X-Men, the same thing. You're following Wolverine throughout the whole thing. And then, and he's just in normal outfits and such. Um, mm. So, and, and then you know, Iron Man, the same way he, he develops you, the, the characters in it, but in, you start with tank girl and she's already this crazy person. There's no background. It's just a, this crazy thing that's happening. Right. And, yeah. and, and that's how they made comic book movies back then. So I don't know. It's a whole, we've been going on about it to say this, but, um, that's what this is. It's a '90s era comic book movie based on that comic book. I bet you people who were fans of Tank Girl comic book saw this and were like, "Yeah, right on! It's just like her." And they probably knew all the things it was based on. They knew right. all the characters and the kangaroo guys. And I bet you they were super happy with that. Um, but it was it. I would say this for the most part, it felt very weird. Uh, beforehand mm-hmm. you mentioned yep. before the show you like said the word iced tea and i was like oh god iced tea's in this <laughs> dressed up like a kangaroo guy um, yeah and he's got an iced tea song at the end he does the he does his little, or is it yeah near the end third act like oh god and then there's um i always want to call him sting he's the main villain but ian Mc- malcolm mcdowell malcolm mcdowell yeah him and i keep always you know back during that time i used to get um um Lori Petty, Lori Petty, and um, um, oh my God, uh, she was a singer at the time. Um, uh, Lannis Morris. No, 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 no. <laughs> uh, oh my God, it was, I was I had it this entire time. Like I want to, uh, but I used to get her and this other one uh, confused. She was um, um, an eighties kind of uh, pop rock person. Um, and, and I used to get those, those two confused all the time. And, and I thought that was her in this one. And then it was Lori Petty. She did from, oh, like a league you mean, movie. okay. I'm like, I'm running through eighties names. I know you mean Gwen Stefani. No, not Gwen Stefani before then, even before then early. Okay. That, that's nine. Cause I'm just thinking because she's really, I don't know if this is chicken or eggs, but there's a lot of similarities between this character and Gwen Stefani's. Public, like I was never a big No Doubt fan or anything like that, but I kept seeing that like manic blonde uh, kind of character thing. Do you um do you mean like Cindy Lauper? That's it. 
You got okay. it. <laughs> well done, Dennis. On, on what little I gave you, you found it. <laughs> so, so Cindy Lauper had had um, uh, forays in the late '80s into into um, movies. She was in wrestling stuff and into okay. acting. Uh, so she would have these I things, and she was that. always very flamboyantly dressed and you know wacky clothes and wacky I do remember hair. her her weird uh, hairstyle in one of the music videos girls just want to have fun i think yeah that, yeah exactly and that's that's her whole aesthetic so she was already very tank girly person and i think i remember when when you recommended this i thought that's who it is i thought cindy lopper was in this one mm-hmm. and i thought oh that's one from her um and then i realized oh it's it's not her and then i realized there's a couple of movies that Lori Petty did that i thought was cindy lopper <laughs> i just oh she Lori petty has such a distinct voice i don't think i would uh I would mistake her for anybody else. Although, I mean, when I was a kid, I watched, uh, you know, I saw Free Willy a lot. Yeah. I saw A League of Their Own several yeah. times. Right. Um, and there might be one more in that list. But I'm like, yeah, that's her. She's got that distinct voice. Yeah, she, she definitely does. Um, and, and she plays this really well. She mm-hmm. she plays Har- Harley Quinn really well, um, right? Right. And, or or it's just a you know if you want another Harley Quinn movie, uh, watch this one and just pretend that's Harley Quinn and you got it because every line is a very Harley line. You know, you, you, there's one when she walks in in and she's got a straight jacket on and he looks at her and she looks up and says and she says you know it's really hard to play with myself with this thing on like this is yeah. randomly at it that's exactly like a Harley line, right? Mm-hmm. That yeah. but obviously this predates that, but um, so anyway, uh, final judgments on this, and it's fine. That was that was my my review. I guess it it was fine. Um, I think it's easy, if it if it wasn't me, if I was a younger person watching this, I wouldn't like it. Um, mm-hmm. and but because I can remember all the things we just said, I remember the time. I remember Batman. I remember Superman. I remember those kind of things. What they were. I also remember the horrible Captain America things and. Um, Nick Fury movies. They're just, they were just so bad in the nineties right. to get something like this. That was at least fun. Even it's right. Kangaroo. What weird uh, kangaroo guys. It's fine. Weird kangaroo guys. What's the, um, what's the movie where there's a prophecy and there's a girl with a map and it's tattooed on her back. They have to hold her upside. Waterworld. Is that Waterworld? Yeah. Okay. And Waterworld is like, this same year, maybe? Oh, really? Yeah. That oh, see, that looks much more higher production no, not, values. Not this. This. this not that. Not that Waterworld is good, but it definitely feels like it's got better production values for a post-apocalyptic world than this one does. It's this same year, nineteen ninety-five. Man, I really would have uh, guessed this was an eighties movie. Like it really feels. I mean, but I also said that about Tank Girl. Um, yeah, I, yeah, Tank Girl. I, I think. I think the visual aesthetics are too are too good. I mean the the comic style in those animated transitions is very I think of as very 90s sure. cartoons like your uh you know Ren and Stimpy Nickelodeon and MTV kind of stuff. Yeah. I mean I I think when I see the production values on that I think of things like um Running Man, a lot of the Arnold Schwarzenegger kind of type uh, movies mm. back in the day with that kind of stuff and they're like all right they got cheap sets or you know heck even the original terminator um type right. things 
Um, and, and you know, they're, they are what they are. Um, and, and you're just enjoying for things. That's how tank girl was. It was, you know, just, just have a little fun with it. Um, so yeah, I don't know. Get thumbs sideways. I'm when we talk about who do we recommend, which I kind of like is a nice metric to think about. Um, I don't know. I don't know who I'd recommend this to. Um, fans of Harley I mean, Quinn. I, yeah, Harley Quinn fans. If you're a if you're a comic fan from way back, or even if you're a kind of comic fan now and interested in sort of history of things, I don't. I mean, you know, we've we've already said and listed off people whose work this influenced influenced. I don't know why I said that weird. Um, you know, because it's it's a unique thing. It's not, uh, you know, it's not good, the bad, and the ugly. It's not Seven Samurai. But it still was a thing unique in its time that, you know, at least a handful of, of creators now look back on um, and and draw inspiration from or or whatever. Yeah, and, and I wonder, what we said in the spoiler section, I guess it was spoiler section, was that... Um, Margot Robbie has the options for the Tank Girl movie. And, and I, I start to wonder is if, um, like when you look at Tank Girl now and you say, well, it's fine, but I've seen that character better with Harley Quinn, um, which is a fair thing to say, is like bringing her back now, Tank Girl, in a modern day thing, will she just be a shadow of Harley Quinn? Because shadow, Harley Quinn, just Harley is, like they said, uh, Tank Girl walked so that Harley Quinn could run because Harley Quinn is just so great, right? She's taken right. that Tank Girl foundation and just made it bigger. Um, so can yeah. can original Tank Girl live up to that? Exceed it? I don't know. I guess we'll have to see what Margot Robbie does with it. But um, yeah, this is this is just the beginning of of uh, Harley Quinn. Yeah. Cool. So uh, next week um, we it's talked earlier. Pick. Oh, go ahead. Sorry. No, I just said it's your pick. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, we have um, this weekend, we just talked about earlier about Thor and Love and Thunder. So um, we had one of our listeners, um, uh, Dave, sent, uh, had requested we watch a show called Mortal, a movie. It's 2020. And okay. I mean, he, he swears by it, says it's fantastic. Um, it's a superhero movie, but not like wearing spandex superheroes. Like it's, um, okay. it's Thor. It's a Thor story i guess um modern day superhero store thor story but i don't know anything more hmm. about it than that um Interesting. and i think you had mentioned it's got middling at best scores on rotten tomatoes so we'll that's all i know about it we're gonna see what what one of our listeners goes this week so mortal m-o-r-t-a-l mortal <laughs> always like uh going into something completely blind never know what to expect yeah no i just i just watched the trailer on this and i and 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 when i had talked to dave about this he he wouldn't tell me anything he was just like it's really good i really like it i don't want to tell you anything it's just, and he said the word thor and that's it and i and thor will usually get me but i've seen there was uh recently a i want to say scandinavian movie or a swedish movie that was thor based and like thor in high school or something um hmm. and it it did not interest me that much i try i tried watching it was a series. I tried watching like two episodes and just couldn't get into it. I was like, okay, Dave, we'll see how this goes. So anyway, cr- fingers crossed if this is good or not. We'll we'll find out. We'll watch this one and then we can compare it to uh, Taika Waititi's Thor Love and Thunder. Right, right. <laughs> um, I 
I didn't uh I didn't put this on our notes on our list, but did you see the movie The Lighthouse? I have not. Not that I know of. You haven't. No. Okay. Uh I remembered it because you were talking about Thor and I name dropped A twenty four studio, which I've started to see more. Uh, I think maybe they made everything everywhere. They did. Yeah, they did. Um, For some reason, Sydney knew him. She saw it like, oh, I like their movies. Like, I don't know, you watch a lot of these I, movies. But. I think they have a reputation now for making just really bizarre things, and The Lighthouse is definitely that. It's it's a weird sort of maybe Cthulian thriller horror story. I don't know. Yeah. I watched it. It was just very disturbed. I'm <laughs> <laughs> just really, really disturbed. Okay. It, what what was it about? I mean, monsters, I take it. Um, well, it's about these two guys who live and work in this lighthouse. It's, um, uh, oh, shoot. Um, Goblin, um, Willem Dafoe. Willem Dafoe. And, uh, and Sparkle, um, Twilight. Twilight. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Edward Cullen. What's his name? Um, Robert Pattinson. Oh, <laughs> Twilight. Um, <laughs> Sparkle Twilight. like diamonds. Nice. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Batman. I'm like, I'll, I'll get there. Batman with my my uh, weird random mnemonic devices. <laughs> I, I like that. Um, I like that. you went to that. Of course, Willem Dafoe is the is the salty sea dog, mm-hmm. who's real mm-hmm. critical and real demanding, and and Robert Pattinson is the new guy. Um, but it pretty quickly gets into like, uh, like they get stranded a guy. So he's only supposed to be there for a couple weeks and then they miss the inspector because there's a storm. They're on an Island and then they start to run out of food because, you know, they've been there for so long and he starts losing track of the days, um, and he's he pretty early on starts hallucinating, like he thinks he sees a mermaid. And it's that's why I call it Cthulian, like he hmm. sort of descends into madness. Oh, I see. Um, Is, and a, does Pattinson play a brooding emo kind of guy? Uh not as much as he normally does. I was gonna say, like, that's the only thing I know him ever to do. So maybe maybe I'm wrong. Yeah. Um, I haven't looked at his IMDb or anything. But. I mean, he's still he's still a little broody, but not not quite as not quite as much as like his Batman <laughs> right. uh, or his Edward or or Edward Cullen. Yeah, yeah. Man, I I am I gotta say right now, Dennis, I'm very impressed that you you knew Edward's last name. I would not have known that in, 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 in any way. <laughs> It's stuck in my mind for some reason. I've probably said this before, but I watched the first movie in that franchise mm-hmm. with with an ex-girlfriend. Um, right. Her mom was a big Anne Rice fan. Oh, which, uh, Interview with the Vampire? Yeah, that, that stuff, which in retrospect, I didn't realize this at the time, but is just a different kind of trashy vampire. Oh, yeah. Which I think after after listening to the dramatized audiobook of uh, Bram Stoker, um, and all of the heavy, like moral, religious uh, uh, trappings of that story. And of course, Bram Stoker is just like the first 
modern version of a vampire mm. story. Vampire lore goes back centuries. But yeah. um, that, that book helped me understand why, for example, True Blood is so uh, horny. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's just like, oh, this is a big part of the vampire lore and has been at least as far back as Bram Stoker, if not earlier. Um, and Very horny. So it's... It's all a little trashy, a little, a little horny. Which is um, weird, right? Like, it's a horror. He's like one of the most biggest well-known horror monster. But in every iteration that I know of, of vampires or Dracula, it's like super sexed up all the time. Yeah, it's the, you know, it's the night. It's the darkness. It's the, the taboos and the, the seductive allure of the wicked, the the again the taboo, the forbidden, yeah. and 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 don't stuff. vampires have like some kind of a mind control? All of them in some kind of very very often they have they have some kind of glamour yeah. ability um, that lets them uh, you know mind control or or dominate people, right. which is where right where people's minds go immediately like oh where he's gonna like dominate a woman you're like. Oh, Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's what the vampires do i don't know yeah yeah uh so yeah in, in, you're right any kind of vampire stuff's very, very very horny um how do we get on the topic Where we, oh yeah i talked about uh, uh the light colon yeah i i did actually i've said this before i've, I've never seen any of those i was really fortunate they're so big i you know even even me i will watch some pop stuff pop culture stuff that's going on there even if i don't really care for it too much especially if it's that big because that was huge when those were out um, oh, I would Twilight usually mean. watch those. Yeah, but I, I didn't watch any of them. I know. Oh, uh, I never I never finished that story. My oh, yeah. ex-girlfriend and I went to see that movie because she was interested in vampire stuff because oh, her yeah. mom read those books. Yeah. And that's all we knew. She hadn't read the books, and I, of course, have never even heard of it. Yeah. And we get in there watching this movie, and they do the, the thing. They go up on the mountain... And I don't remember what I had seen up to that point. I mean, I was in my late 20s mm-hmm. already. Um, but I expected to see, like, I'll, I'll bet I expected to see some of that stuff from Pirates of the Caribbean. Right? Where they're, like, <laughs> they're ghouls or, or skeletons when yeah. the sunlight hits them. And instead, right. he has this sparkle, sparkly skin. And I'm like, what? What? We, <laughs> we both had that reaction. We're like, is this... Oh, so this is based on a book. Did the woman who write who wrote these books never read a vampire story? <laughs> yeah, yeah I, I don't know anything. I really don't know anything. All I know is that there's like a love triangle between a werewolf vampire and her, or like right. a human lady, uh, which which immediately is, a, is was a turnoff to me. I was like, I don't want to watch that. I mean, I was the according to the honest trailers, the most. Um, the most pointless love triangle because it's pretty obvious at every turn who she's going to pick. And they even oh, really? say that she even says that, but they still milk it for several movies. Yeah. Well, I, I figure that I would, I would watch it. I, in my, uh, I was married at the time and my wife at the time, she, she really liked them. Uh, sure. my daughter, she watched them with my daughter. I remember playing the house, but I remember them playing in the house and I, intentionally made an effort to not be in the room or I'd walk through to the kitchen and not watch it and not want to get hooked, not want to look at the screen (laughs) just so I wouldn't get hooked. 
Um, it was, it was, I think it was just too trashy is the word for, for me, uh, in that sure. stuff. And, and obviously he got, you know, typecast or whatever it might be. But I, honestly, since then, I, the only thing I've seen him in, he's been broody, like what I saw the trailers for that be. And I thought, well, right. And, and I, that's why I was like, oh, I'm for Batman, but he was a fine Batman. I mean, yeah, he's, this is a different, a different Batman than, yeah. I, I mean, like Bat- him better than than Boston guy uh, Ben Affleck. <laughs> Stinky Ben Affleck, yeah. Uh, it's funny. I I I, don't, I just called him Stinky Ben Affleck. I uh, um, Shelley had a friend, and I guess they were at um, in Chicago one time or something, and doing some things. And he happened to be at a party, and he danced with her friend. And she said, he she came back and said, "Oh, you just." Dance with Ben Affleck, and she's like, "Yeah, he really, really stank. Like he stank. I don't know if he <laughs> had real bad bo that day or something. I'm sure he's not like that all the time. But she was like, and and from then on, they all just call him Stinky Ben Affleck. So <laughs> when he's on TV, on, comes on and says, "Hey, that's Ben Affleck." She's like, "You mean Stinky Ben Affleck?" I was like, "I, I, I guess." That's weird. Yeah. So Stinky Ben Affleck. Uh, okay, so what do we got here next? Come up on our on our topics. Um, the tank girl. Hey, so you, wanna, you watched. You wanna, go ahead. <laughs> you want to talk about Miss Marvel? <laughs> That's what I was going to go for. Good job. Uh, just a minute. I mean, it's, we talked a little bit about it last week. The only thing that I think is the most important to talk about. I've only watched two episodes. There's three out, maybe four. Um, I've seen three. Oh, so, so you've seen more than me. Um, hmm. I uh, Last week we talked about the aesthetic, and that's probably the biggest thing that uh, I really, really liked about it. We talked about like the the phone. Remember oh, we said the yeah, phone the stuff. texting and stuff. I yeah. didn't remember. It must have been in that quick fire thing. Probably, yeah. Uh, I'm assuming that continues to hold up. I love the 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 design of that. Um, it's it's fun. It's very bite sized. Um, I I liked Hawkeye, but I think I like this one a little more. I, I I wouldn't say like. I think I'm engaged with this one a little bit more than I was with Hawkeye. Yeah, it's. It's interesting because the the like tired old Clint character should have maybe been somewhat relatable to me and mm-hmm. there were moments where it was but it just it's so much of it didn't work. I think partly like I was annoyed by the m- mere notion of of tracksuit mafia. Yeah, sure. And that's fair. like there's such a major part of the story that every time they would show up or somebody would say the name, I'm like rolling my eyes, and it just sort of swelled it for me. But yeah. I like I'm liking there, and there's so much less that should be relevant or or yeah. accessible for me about uh, Miss Marvel, and I and it doesn't it doesn't bother me at all. Um, I agree. Yeah, there, there, the, there's no one that I'm related to be. In that story, like, right, right, at all. And maybe the dad it, for me, but that's about it. Maybe. It's funny. I was on Netflix watching a series uh, Pete recommended to me called uh, "An Astrological Guide for Broken Hearts." Okay, uh, that's not the that's the translated title because it's in Italian, mm-hmm. um, and that's just a funny sort of rom com series about um, and uh, not older. I don't say older, but she's. Like in her mid late thirties, um, woman Italian woman who is you know broken hearted, typical rom com mm. stuff, and she meets this guy who 
believes wholeheartedly in astrology and um, you know finding partners based on astrological compatibility. Um, right. And she runs a TV show. Anyway, I was on Netflix. That was the point of that anecdote. <laughs> uh, and there's a new season of Kim's Convenience. Oh, I need to watch I'm it. Yeah, cool. Not you know. Not heavily invested in, you know, I was not watching, waiting for, even though last no. season ended on a big cliffhanger. It's, it's, um, it's always a fun little bite-sized thing. Yeah, sure. yeah. And there's a similar relationship between Janet and Gerald in that show that mm-hmm. Kamala has with Bruno. Yeah, in, right, yeah. In Miss Marvel. I'm glad that I managed to remember all those names. Well done, well done. <laughs> Um, but yeah, you know, when I watched the pilot of Miss Marvel, the first episode, um, I saw a lot of cliches, a mm-hmm. lot of tropes, um, right. that are not, that are not actually there. I think that was me, you know, grafting or, you know, projecting, assuming that those, that I was going to see all those tropes. I, I agree. I agree. Yeah, I did too. Yeah. Out of touch, misunderstanding parents. Right. Yeah. And right. I, I talked to my buddy who's a big uh who's a big fan of the comics and he's like that's not how the comics are at all like she has a great relationship with her parents and then i watched the second episode and the third episode and i'm like oh yeah you're definitely right i was i was seeing a big conflict there that's that's not really there it's just you You just expected it i mean i expect i i just expected it to be and it's and it's really not that way like yes there's difficulty understanding but there's no like there's no malice. There's no ill will. Like it's yeah. just that's what happens in generations, especially when you're dealing with like first generation immigrant families and yeah. and you know the natural born second generation who grow up you know without any of the culture. Right. And, and well, they they had also wildly changed this character's entire story from the comic book. So I when I came right. into it, I expected they did that they were going to do the things you just mentioned for, for movie reasons or TV reasons. Or oh, I see. Audience. I see. Like, I, like, oh, they're going to have all the cliches because that's what they changed. It wasn't like that in the comic books, but they're going to make it for TV, which I thought, you know, I was like expecting it to be sure. bad. But but they, like you, you mentioned, they they uh, bucked those kind of trends, at least in the first two episodes that I've seen. And um, I, you know, something I really like, um, and I, I, I say I really appreciate it, I say is that, the the the, the uh, Pakistani, um, like heritage and her family and stuff like that that they ingrain very much important part of the show, mm-hmm. um, but it never do I feel like they're trying to educate me. Uh, it just right. feels like I got a window into this culture's kids and family. Yeah, yeah. Right? Like what does what does life look like? And it's a. Uh, it reminds me a little bit of Black Panther, okay. Um, where because every character, I mean, you know, there are some there's some outsider characters and government characters and stuff, but like all the main characters, the family, the friends, and all that are all part of this same community. Mm-hmm. Um, and so you just get get little pieces of it just by the setting, like just by what they're doing, where the scenes are located and what kind of tensions and dramas are going on in this community. Um, because it's just there. There's no like 
awkward fish out of water kind of story we've seen a hundred times. Yeah. The, the, uh, I, I, when I, there was a scene in the second one where, um, they're going to, it's like a fair or some kind of community gathering or something. And yeah, it's, it's a, it's a, I think it's one of their church holidays or yeah, church holidays. Right. Um, which by the way, one, I like that they don't shy away that it's a, they're they're It's a religion. It's part like it's, it's core part of their family and that's core part right. of who she is. Like, I'm glad they don't shy away from that at all. They're not trying to be timid about it. There's even a scene when they're, they're in a uh, church or mosques or whatever they, they might call it uh, yeah, for that. Mm-hmm. And, and, uh, uh, but anyway, they get, they go to this, this community event. This holiday thing. And they do this little thing where she's got to like talk to different groups of people and yeah. it quickly goes through and, and they, she describes each group. Um, right. and it's like what it felt like was that somebody was, you know, who's in that culture has these groups of people and everyone that's in that culture knows these people. It's like if I was, uh, watching a movie about, uh, going to church at a, say a Christian church and there's these segments of people, I would mm-hmm. know exactly what they're talking about. Right. Yeah. And, and this was like from a Pakistani uh, Muslim kind of um, standpoint. And I just get to experience it. I'm like, Oh, that's really cool. There's different kinds of one of them was like the recent converts and then old converts and uh, like that. What did they, what did they call the reverts? Re- reverts yeah yeah oh yeah. yeah and she says like technically they're like the first kind or something like that and, like i loved those little things it's like mm. it's written by somebody who that's their life and it's just not trying to teach or explain things to me or there's even one where they talk about something that happened a big event in in pakistan's history right the um, um oh what did they call it uh uh, it's it's a, a word for separation, right? And and um, I don't know what that is. But if I wanted so, to know more, I could go read it, right? Yeah this this is an interesting thing, and it's something I only know about because it was in an episode of Doctor Who, which is a oh. weird <laughs> sort of like like you learn this this real history from from pop culture. I mean, just like yeah. a lot of people learned about the, including me, uh, right. learned about the Tulsa massacre from the HBO Watchmen series. Mm. I'd never heard of that either. Um, partition is the word. I knew it would come to me okay. eventually. Yeah. Yeah, uh, partition, as, right. as I understand it, and I don't know where this fits in the timeline with um, India being a part of Britain. Uh-huh. Um, but as I, and I, and I know almost nothing, like I said, these, this show and Dr. Who is, I haven't read up on it or anything, but as I understand it, um, they segmented part of India and called it Pakistan. And okay. that's where they sent all of the Muslims in India. Ah, and so okay. the, the rest of India, at least at the time, I don't know what the current state is or any of that, but they kept all of the, I guess, Hindus um, in India proper and sent all the, the Muslims in to live in Pakistan. Oh, see, I, I and did so not it's, know that. It, it, yeah, it's this big like I don't think apartheid is the right word, but um, this sort of forced exodus. Well, that's 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 a perfect example of like there's so much in the world that goes on that we have in our little 
narrow scope of American right, right. history, right? That we barely yeah. know everything of our own, let alone everything else. Um, right. and, and there are entire cultures that are that's so impactful on everything today that we just don't think about. And they think about all the time still, like their parents do or something. Um, right. And we have a, a nice point perspective of Kamala. I think Kamala is your kind of grounded central part because she's, you know, American Pakistani. Right. Um, and, and very much like just a normal, what you think of a normal, any, any kid in, in high school, you know, Mm -hmm. 16 year old. Um, but, but not really. And so anyway, yeah, I, I I know we've gone on along with this one, but I, I dig it because of those things and it just feels very natural and flowing. And I like what you said, like, it's not really supposed to be for me, but it's fine. It like, I'm enjoying it as what it is. Um, Mm Mm-hmm. And I, I'm, I'm now, now that I know I've got an episode or two to watch, I kind of do want to watch it because the actors are pretty great. I, I do like mm-hmm. all of them. Her family's, yeah. you know, m- m- remarkable in their own ways. And her friends, I'm glad that they've got, she's got another friend, by the way. It's not just her and her her platonic guy friend. There's like this right, other friend for her, mm-hmm. um, which is which is pretty cool. So anyway, I, I dig it. And I the funny weird part about it is that I like it almost much for that, uh, ethnicity kind of stuff as the superhero part of it. Right. Yeah. Which is cool. Um, she's going to be in the Marvels. So that's interesting. The the mm-hmm. next, the next one. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously she's a big fan of Captain Marvel, which I really dig too, that she's like, cause you know, if there's superheroes in the world. I'd be a super like cosplay fan of them. You know, mm-hmm. following them all like that. Of course there would be. Sure. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. Anyway. Uh, what do we got? How much time we got left? We got a little bit of time. Um, so minutes. you and I watched, um, let's do the Orville. Uh, cause we haven't really talked about okay. that this season. We, we don't talked, have to talk, just talked the briefly series. about the first episode. Um, right. yeah, it's, uh, I don't know. We've talked about this a lot on, on discord. Um, yeah, I think now that there is a really, really good, um, Star Trek, like yeah, real real Star Trek, Strange New Worlds. Um, it's harder to appreciate the 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 really really good Star Trek fan fiction that is uh, yeah that is the Orville. Um, it doesn't help that the series has taken a fairly significant tone shift yeah. or made a significant tone shift. Um, right. I know they had a break in between. the The title is a little different. The the you know, the music is the same melody, but it's played in a different style with a more orchestral style. Yeah. And this, we just watched this fourth episode, and it feels the most, like, aside from having some pretty heavy real-world uh, metaphors, um, like real current event metaphors, Yeah. Um, it feels the most like, okay, we're back to at least the the long form storytelling of the Orville with the um with the Krill and the Kalon kind of stuff. Not the not the episodic stuff where it started, but the the ongoing D Space Nine kind of storytelling. Mm-hmm. Where the first three episodes had some of that, to be fair. Um but it was like the first episode was about suicide. And <laughs> right. I Let's start off with suicide. <laughs> What was I've already forgotten what the second episode was about. 
Um, I, it was the doctor. Was that so it was a uh, was that no the that was horror? That, that, that was uh, yeah where they go to a a pro a probe and the that yes. happens in an episode of no it doesn't I'm pretty sure that's the second one because it was like her uh, the doctor's old boyfriend never turns into an alien type thing that that sounds right who's like the admiral and, or something yeah and then the third episode is this weird like they're stuck in a simulation. Um, being faced with death. It's like a yeah. long, whole episode, Kobayashi Maru kind Facing of thing. your death type thing, yeah. Yeah, and that was heavy too. Like, I liked the ending. It does a callback to a thing that happened in an earlier season, which they uh, do again in this fourth episode. Um, but it's so... I don't know. I feel like if Strange New Worlds wasn't happening, I could appreciate it more. Yeah. Like it would still be it would still be rough, it would still be not great, but I would I would like it more than Discovery and Picard. Yeah, I agree. Um I I think though that it's I it's hard for me to say that it's, it's not I don't it, it, people said it had a hard time finding its place in the first season. In the second okay, season sure. I'm like, "Oh, they're they're kind of finding its place." And the the second season was like its place is a modern day next generation. That's what this is. Right. Um, mm-hmm. But then now this one feels like it's trying to be modern day Trek, not like the next generation Trek. Like it's trying to be its own Trek, you know, type yeah, thing, maybe. Um, which, maybe. which is, it's okay. I, it's not bad. Here's, here's, here's my thing in the past. You would have, the episodes that were obviously serious as well. They had serious things they were talking about through there, but then you would have Boris and Clyden smoking 600 cigarettes in one time. Right. <laughs> right. And, and, and they're just like addicted to cigarettes and they're hiding them all over the house and, um, and yelling. And then the next one, Boris is, is addicted to pornography and it's on the holodeck the whole time. And, you know, it's, it's, there's all of that was like a major part that was happening throughout the entire series were these, very funny, jokey things. And then occasionally they'd sprinkle in a little bit of a serious message. This season is all serious message, right? Yeah. Yeah. It it really is. There's very, very little laughs. And in this last one, I don't think there was any like jokes. I can't think of even one, Um, which was the, the I mean, the the, the very beginning, they do some stuff where they're drunk from the holiday. Oh, right. Yeah. I guess there was a little bit like when he, uh, like the robot walks in and that was kind of funny. Yeah. They're doing cowboy stuff. Yeah, that 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 was pretty okay. Or or the you know he didn't even know we were drunk. That, that I guess that's a little bit. Um, so Seth MacFarlane can't put it, not put a few things in there. Right. Um, and and it's fine. The the so the the biggest thing here is obviously they they shift. It was a big shift. They changed companies. They were part of Fox, um, Fox TV, and they were mm-hmm. on you know on Fox, the Fox Network on right. broadcast TV, and then Fox got sold to Disney, Disney and. Right. Um, so like in their more of a mature thing where they belong, uh, mm-hmm. Fox was cutting them. They weren't going to have a third season and okay. in the first place. And then when Disney bought them, they said they petitioned to them. They said, we, be- they, we belong on Hulu because Disney owned the majority in Hulu now. Right. Um, and Disney gave them the green light, but they said, we'll, we want you to do less episodes, but you can have basically the same runtime in totality. Okay. So they have longer episodes and they got the same budget, I think. 
So if they had like $100 per episode now, now you've got 150, 175, something like that. Oh, I see. I see. And, and you can definitely tell, like especially in this last one, there's a whole chase scene that looked like it was straight out of episode two where they're going mm-hmm. through the, the city and stuff. And it's, it's really pretty good. Like, yeah, I think that they linger too long on flybys for a long time when they're going sure. into the planetary thing and they spend a, like three minutes on it. Right. Um, but, you know, like, hey, we got this. We want to be really good. And maybe they saw the quality of the stuff they're putting out and they're like, we're going to make the the show just as quality. I don't, I don't know. But anyway, um, yeah, it's fine. I, you really had the best take on it with um, comparing it to Strange New Worlds. And Strange New Worlds continues to be the top of the top. Um, mm-hmm. So, yeah, you're right. If, if it wasn't out, I bet you this. I bet you the Orville would still be my favorite sci-fi out right now. Um. But as it stands, last week's Strange New Worlds was just continuing on its impossible task of being wonderful. Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, this last, I don't know what, what number we're on now, but... Um, I don't want to know because it makes me sad every time I see that it's... The, the, at least soon we're going to be to the end. <laughs> yeah. um, I mean, this was the most goofy Strange New Worlds we've seen yet. Yeah. Um, and it's still really good. <laughs> Like uh, the fact yeah. that they made the captain be like the traitor coward the, was the, fantastic. The, the pike, the, yeah, whiny little um, this guy Spaltar kind of character. Yeah, they they could have easily yeah. made him be the other king or uh, another like the warrior guy, the villain you know? or something, yeah, or something. But no, they they made him the the coward, which you know he picked it right. The actor picked it right up and played yeah. it really well and. Um, I, I find spoiler alert here, guys. I don't know if there's a spoiler bill. I find it interesting. If you've not watched strange new worlds, release one, don't listen, skip ahead a one minute that they, that they, um, ended Mbenga's Dr. Mbenga's, uh, mm-hmm. main story like already. Yeah. It, it was cool. It's interesting. It's still cool. I'm glad that they, I'm kind of glad that they didn't drag it out, right. but, uh, I really thought that they would they'd be his like ongoing thing. And yeah. Yeah. They, I, and I yeah, like how they, I like how they solved it. It was so, so, so good. They didn't just, by the way, they didn't just leave her. Like the, the fact that they, they like two seconds later made her an adult. Oh yeah. Yeah. It's, so, it's so like, it's a, that's such a weird choice, but, but so good. Like so otherwise good. you're like, Oh, this is just a kind of melancholy, kind of thing but instead they do this thing that's a little like um uh we were talking off air about uh violet evergarden Mm. this sort of like flash forward to her whole life um that that was really good yeah i i the i'll tell you while watching that the the dad in me uh was heartbroken a bit because i i could i could see it in his face the performance and then how it was and like Yes, his daughter's going to live, and this is the right answer. But it was like heartbreaking that he's not going to be able to see someone he cares about so immensely grow up, and right. don't know if and like giving up this quote unquote normal childhood that she might have, and what's it going to be? Is it good? I, he doesn't just know 
her future is uncertain. He has to give up that control and it's terrifying and sad. And I was very, very sad. And he was very sad. And then that they give me two seconds later to say, it's okay. It all worked out. I was mm-hmm. like, Oh, that made me feel so good. <laughs> like, yeah. like he, he can be happy now. And when she said like, you need to go live your life because I've had this wonderful life so far and I'm going to have so much more going on. It's like, this is so good. And I, I love these writers, you know, big hugs. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Thank you for giving this to me, you know, or, or giving this to the doctor and giving this to the, to the cast. So yeah. And these writers, I, I hope they get a little bonus paycheck in there. You know, <laughs> their thing. I, I really do. Um, so anyway, yeah, the Orville compared to that, it's, it's tough to. Yeah. And this last one was a fine. It was a fine. Actually, you know, you get past the, you and I don't really care for the, what's it called? The moral equivalency of today or parallels or something. It just, uh, it just depends on, on how it's handled, right? Yeah. Or or maybe whether you're expecting it. I know you watched it first and kind of complained about some of that stuff, and so I was ready for it. So when it happened, I was like, yeah, I see what they're doing here, but it also fits with everything we know about these characters and everything they've been building since the yeah. first season. Um, yeah. And so it's not it's not out of the blue, um, but it it's is a not. little a little it- heavy. It, it it's just one of those, and I kind of was messaging you earlier. It was like that. Um, I like sci-fi to go into a fantastical world and tell stories like what Strange New Worlds does, something that I couldn't ever see or imagine before with an entity and a nebula that comes out and reads my mind and makes a thing. Like, that's amazing, right? And yeah. then, because today's world is so sometimes very depressing and difficult and scary, and you don't know what, you know, when you talk about politics, and then to have the Orville come out and put that front and center is like, I don't want this. I don't want in this. The, Thankfully in, they didn't in, have a story. That that in your sort of fantastical. Sci-fi yeah, it's, yeah. It's not helping me get out of it, but they did have, like I said, a good story behind it. There was good acting. I thought McFarland did really good with mm-hmm. when the surprise yeah. twist that happened. It felt genuine. I thought Kelly was very genuine. The, mm-hmm. The, the captain, all the characters were, were neat. I liked John coming in at the end uh, in his outfit and makeup and things. And that was kind of cool. Right, so, right. Yeah. I I like it. It's fine. I don't... I hope it gets numbers. I, I guess right. it's gotten ratings that are okay. I'm not sure. I don't know. Yeah. Okay. Well, that was a lot for that one. Okay. I think we uh, did it today, man. We, we, we yeah. did a lot of stuff and I didn't think we did. Next week, we're watching a movie called Mortal. Mortal. And it'll be... We have no idea how it'll be, right? Neither is it. <laughs> it'll be... So we can talk about this off air, but next Monday is the 4th, so... Oh, yeah. We might have to do... Oh. We're going we're to do an alternate Monday, probably. We're, we don't we'll have to have, talk about yeah, that. Pay, pay attention, because off air, you know, regular listeners, we may have some hiccup, because something I also didn't tell Dennis is that I go on vacation that Wednesday. So, of course you do. Of course I do. <laughs> well, we'll, we'll figure, figure it out. out. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, you've been listening to Front Porch. This is episode 252. 252. Thanks always to our friends at LRM Online. Check them out. Views on all things. If you want to re- reach out to us with suggestions, questions, comments, uh, you can do that via email. Our address is frontporchpod at gmail.com. If you go to our website, frontporchpodcast.com, you can find show notes and uh, links when relevant, contact forms, all that good stuff. 
If you enjoy the show, please consider subscribing on the podcast of your choice. And while you're there, if you leave us a review, we always appreciate that. It helps us out a lot. As always, thanks so much for joining us. Until next time, I'm Dennis. And I'm Michael. For the Front Porch. Night, everybody. See you next time.